God, too bad all the fucking House of Pain Discord happened before we <laughs> started <laughs> recording tonight. <laughs> so everyone's interested in uh, the band from the 90s that was weirdly Irish. What, what a roller coaster of a conversation. Yeah. Well, now we're talking about centaurs. Centaurs. Also likely going to be a roller coaster of a conversation. Yeah, it's going to be something. They're, they're horse Dude, boys. I, I low-key fucking love the centaur art in the Monster Manual. It it's makes... like honestly one of the best centaur arts I've ever seen. It really is. Like it, Most times you see a centaur or think a centaur, they're like uh, Narnia. But like the centaur like in the Monster Manual looks like he would like beat me up in a back alley and take my money. I just, I can just appreciate that the artist took the color of the horse all the way up. It didn't give it a hard divide yeah. with the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, like that the, always like, annoyed me. Yes, I agree. Like it doesn't look like human fleshy at up, up top. It has like the still the colors of the horse. You're exactly right. It it is. I I honestly agree. Like joking aside, it is some of the best centaur art that exists. I've that I've seen. I also like their nose. Wow. That is more like a horse like nose. Yeah, it is. Right. It's very anatomically correct. It is. It's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Someone start us off. <laughs> let's let's get this episode rolling or charging ahead forward. What is this? Uh, <clears throat> I volunteer Shane. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna volunteer you. Well, Shane, start us off. I can't, Go for can't it. do that because I always do it. So yeah. So there we were. And we needed to get somewhere really fast. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Shane. Very good. Yeah, and right. we're gonna go really fast. Okay, alright, alright. Hold and on. Also, Pause. We needed to lay the smackdown on some people who were in our way. And it just so happened that we brought our good friend Anderson the Centaur with us, and he's wearing a saddle just like the art from the monster manual. So we just jump right on him, <laughs> and we ride him into battle, clearing enemies left and right as as we go. And uh, I mean, that's where I'm at with centaurs. I don't want to fight them. I want to friend them. Swipe right on. Right. Can, can we get him out of here? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there we go. There's the intro. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> welcome back to Survival Check, your unofficial guide to the fifth edition Monster Manual. Like always, my name is Zach, and with me. I guess right. One's a centaur and one's riding the centaur. Uh, Shane and Anderson. Hello. Hi. How are you all? Hi. My name Hi. is Cent Anderson. Cent Anderson. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell, and I am we're talking Shanethy, about... rider of Cent Anderson. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, t- today we are talking about the centaur, uh, a classic monster, not even a classic monster manual monster just a classic monster uh so before we get into the history of centaurs let's talk about our knowledge of them and if we've ever used them in any of our games uh is anyone used them in any of their games no! or played one or anything i am um, shane uh uh you'll have to let me know if i've ever fought one because i don't recall off the top of my head but i've definitely never ran one but I can confidently say, thanks to the help of Kratos, I've ripped a number of them in half. 
<clears throat> Fair enough. Um, well, you've never fought one, but when you guys were in the Feywild like three years ago, <laughs> the first campaign we ever ran, oh, there were some centaurs chilling, just hanging out. They had a, like a nomad. You talk to them like once or twice. Okay. Um, I've never. It's so, a, yeah, it's, I've encountered that in the campaign. Yeah, fighting. It's weird. I I feel weird having people fight centaurs because you kind of have to get them in the right the right scenario to fight them. But um, they're a creature I haven't really mm -hmm. used in D and D or Agreed. usually throw out. Um, have they ever come up in your uh, Greek setting, test, Anderson? Test. Hello, hello. Hi, hi. Can you guys hear um, me? Yes. Hello. Yeah. Oh, okay. Weird. It's like, all right. Uh, yes. Yes, I have. I have used centaurs before. I've played a centaur. I've fought against a centaur and I've ran centaurs. Um, <clears throat> yeah. In, in the Greek setting that I'm running, there's a giant Northern plains that, uh, like scape the entire continent. They're huge, massive. And there's roaming bands of centaurs and they travel like military units. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, and it's it's like it's they're like ra like you know like the raiders of the world, right? Where they're yeah. kind of like they just run around, they pillage, and they they show dominance through strength, and they believe that um, non-native races, so like humans, elves, dwarves, all your common like races, mm -hmm. not native to those lands, are just absolute amateurs, and we'll just shit stomp them if they catch them. Damn. So it's it's really fun to just like have your group walking through these planes and you just hear thunder in the distance and you just see like a, a whole military unit it's not like six or seven it's like 40 right. to 50 of them Ooh. and it's like okay you guys either need to like talk your way out of this or die like one of the two <laughs> yeah it's dude it's great they're 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 a blast you can also like, use it in the same way like thanos kind of is and like the comics are like oh my ego's so fucking big mm -hmm. i don't need to use my powers you can kind of do the same thing with them like yeah i'll fight your general if we win yeah, we get to go and they're like yeah i sure fuck it <laughs> yeah i mean if you think about it like compared to like the traditional races of dungeons and dragons centaurs are like terrifying to like a yeah. human or an elf or a dwarf or a gnome um yeah like, they're huge. normal raider that's for sure yeah um right. And I mean, like, even half centaurs are just like super spooky, and half centaurs being just regular old horses. <laughs> I was gonna say, what the fuck's a half centaur? <laughs> horses are scary. Horses I gotta dude. say, horses are terrifying. They'll, um, they'll fuck you up. They will. I've yeah, I rode one once, and I was very scared the entire time. They're terrifying. They're really big. Um, yeah. So centaurs. Uh, I think everyone listening probably has a general idea of what a centaur is uh they are a half horse half human um and just if you are confused the horse is on the bottom half and the human is on the top half it's not human <laughs> legs and a horse body even though that would be pretty interesting um so let's get into the monster's history but uh before we get into the dungeons and dragons history let's talk about the centaur origin because it has an origin in real world mythology specifically greek mythology anderson shane knowing greek i don't know how much you guys yeah. know greek mythology i know i know you guys know a decent amount how do you get just guess who is involved in the creation story of centaurs um it's not the same one that the minotaur was made from is it separate no. stories origins no well I'm I'm tempted to say Hades because of how crazy nope. it is, but I mean Zeus got around too. 
Yeah, it's it's Zeus, right? It's yep. He just fucked it a is, horse. It is Zeus yep. being strangely <laughs> horny, as always. Um, so this is from GreekMythology.edu, but um, so this is the origins of the centaur. Um, it's actually not. It's Zeus being weird and Zeus being strange. Zeus is just like Zeus is a strange concept. Um, but the father of the race of centaurs once was Centaurius himself, the offspring of Ixion. Ixion was kind of like an evil king who made love to Hera, or more precisely, a cloud made by a jealous Zeus to resemble Hera. Um, so pretty much... Hera's his king, wife, right? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So Ixion is king, and Hera were like, ooh, and Zeus was like, nah, nah, nah. Here's a cloud that looks like my wife. And then... You know, you know, the birds and the bees happen, and then we get half horse, half people, somehow, from a cloud. But that's the origin of Greek centaurs. That is that is how centaurs come to be in Greek uh, mythology, is uh, a person does it with a cloud, and we get centaurs. I know. Exactly I don't how like the oracles predicted it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like that. Um, more real world, like... <laughs> People believe that um, the Greeks ran into uh, nomadic tribes that were really good on horses and were raiders and just very skilled warriors. And, you know, how myths are usually created is like there is a real event, but then they're exacerbated. Like they're they're pushed to a limit, kind of made more fantastical. That is kind of where people believe like the idea of a centaur comes from is like really powerful um, nomads and raiders uh, who used horses for combat. Um, Also... Because Greek mythology is weirdly horny, um, it's also said that Dionysus really likes centaurs <laughs> and usually rides around on them. <laughs> but Dionysus being the god of wine. Okay. So yeah, so yeah. that's the basis of a centaur: half human, half horse. Um, the Greek mythology and Greek origin isn't the only origin. Uh, we do see weird animal-human hybrids like pop up all around the world. Some have. Um, horse humans, some bear humans, moose human. It's it's not like a traditionally all Greek idea, but um, the centaur is a very Greek idea. But like the idea of like human and animals, not something just that they did. Um, so let's talk about them in Dungeons and Dragons lore and D- Dungeons and Dragons history. So starting with uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, more specifically. Dragon number, Dragon Magazine number 116, we get, uh, that's wrong. Let me reread my notes real quick. So we get the centaur in the original Greyhawk book. So centaurs here from the beginning, easy. Um, they are mm-hmm. exactly like they are in the Greek. We don't see like Dungeons Dragons doesn't take centaurs and like put their own twist on them. And you will see that throughout pretty much every edition that, centaurs don't really get their own twist um they're always kind of like these raiders these nomadic people that live on plains um we get some variations but we'll get into that a bit so uh original dungeons dragons we have centaurs and then the next big thing that happens is an ad and d in dragon magazine 116 we get the sea centaur and i'm going to try to pronounce this and it's going to go bad it's the the centaur. Or- 
the scent. I wish it was the sea centaur. What? It's it's the Ikithoritukari. I'm gonna post this in Discord and see if you guys could say it. But pretty much, it is a um, the upper body of a man, the lower four quarters of a horse, and then the tail of a fish. Oh, is there? I can pause. The the, I can pause the recording. Yeah, we'll pause. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know we had to pause the podcast right now and shane was trying to cheat and prepare to say the sea centaur's name so no shane go for it no test no no practicing all right all right here we go here we go that does sound pretty close that sounds even much better that sounds way better yeah so anyway that is the sea centaur it is um a, I guess sea centaurs also have their place in Greek mythology. They were like also like very relevant, like comparable with centaurs. But anyway, uh, like I said, top body human, lower body horse, and then they have a tail of a fish, and they also have um brows. They're like eyebrows. Were uh, a pair of lobster claw horns. Oh, and just to round that all out, uh, they were a character class you could play. What? Lobster claw horns? What does that even mean? I, I don't know. That's just what it said. <laughs> like, I think it's like it had like its eyebrows were made out of like crustacean claws. I don't know. It was very confusing. I read the article. I was very confused. Um, But we get that as a character class and we also get centaurs as a character class. And that is going forwards. The centaur is a playable race, playable class. Um, there is a difference um, back in the day. Uh, races were classes. Like you could be an elf and that would be a class. Um, but centaurs, since the beginning, you've been able to play them. And we even see that in 5th edition. Um, like I said, there's not that much that changes. So we go from AD&D to 2nd edition. Um, there we just get a bunch of different variations of centaurs. But it's not like crazy variations. It's not like we get more like sea sea centaurs. Such as sea sea centaurs. Sea centaurs. Sea centaurs. 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 Centaurs are just really they have bangs over their eyes and um. But anyway, they're just a bunch of different centaurs named after different locations. So we have the Aben. Emnagian centaur, the Crystal Mirror centaur, the Wendell centaur, and the Enscape centaur. Um, they just were pretty much just different cultures. It didn't really change the centaur's base stats or like what they did or anything. It's just uh, the different areas that they were located in, but even then they were pretty similar. Um, in third edition, we get a change where centaurs are not just human anymore. They're not just half humans. They can be half any humanoid. So... Um, and to go off of that, in 3rd edition, we actually got, like, this template that allowed you to mix and match animals. So, let's say you want a centaur is traditionally a human horse. You could do a orc wolf. What the fuck? A gnome tiger. (laughs) A gnome tiger, yes, exactly. You could really mix and match uh, your different races. I think Orc Wolf sounds sweet. Yeah, that does. Awesome. I think that's the most progressive thing Wizards of the Coast has ever written. Honestly, like, being in 3rd edition, like, 5th edition, we were starting to get, like, oh, you can do whatever you want. Like, 3rd edition, it was like, whoa, you're actually letting players do more stuff like that. Um, 
But I mean, being in third edition, I'm all like, I'm actually was surprised that they took away that it's just a human that early, which I'm all for. Wolf, yeah. give me a wolf orc, orc, mm-hmm. a work, a work, I can no, work. I don't even know what I just tried to say, honestly. Yeah, um, we also get in third edition that they are friends with the elves, but they generally dislike humans and dwarves. Can't blame them. Yeah, um, and we kind of it's here, and in second edition we kind of got it too. Is that they have a more fey lineage, so the fey they're more connected to the Feywild because third edition we get more planar stuff going on. Um, they, but we get that they are more sylvan, that they are more fae-like. Um, they have, so it makes sense why they're more friends with elves, because that's more of their speed. Um, we also get some lore that says they may be older than the elves themselves. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I I really like that. So normally you get like, um, the elves are usually in fantasies, like, they're, they're the original race. They've been here since the beginning. They have mm-hmm. memories and all this stuff. Um, in third edition, it's like, well, maybe the centaurs were here even before the elves. Um, so that's a cool thing. We well, also that, get that. That makes sense because if you think about it, technically we're all half centaur. That's true. Yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, oh, I just thought of an elf and an elk. Oh, so majestic. Yeah. Um,. But anyway, we also get uh, that they are allies of the forest, so it's kind of remote. This is kind of where they differ from centaurs in Greek mythology. Like, those were kind of more plains, more... Um, they, they were connected to the forest, but uh, third edition, we really get that. Like, they are allies of the forest, and they are great defenders of the forests, which is very elf-like. Um, fourth edition doesn't really change much. Centaurs are still there. And then we get all the way to fifth edition, where we currently are, and... Uh, if you guys have the monster manual open, it's on page 38. Yep. Uh, does someone want to read the flavor text to buy the incredibly good centaur art? Yeah. <laughs> I hear centaurs make excellent mounts. Bately Summerfoot, a halfling adventurer who never read Hooves of Fury by <laughs> Irville Greyborn of Sundown. Hooves of Fury. Hooves <laughs> of Fury. Yeah. I, that flavor text is fucking great. I, I love it. Um, like, I immediately thought romance novel when I wrote Hooves of Fury. I was like, interesting. But then I got what they were going for. Like, this person is going to get kicked in the face by a horse. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So, if we start talking about their flavor text, what it says about them in the 5th edition Monster Manual, it pretty much stays pretty same with everything else um the reclusive wanderers and omen readers of the wild um so they're very still connected very much to the wilderness um centaurs avoid conflict but fight fiercely when pressed they roam the vast wilderness keeping far from borders laws and the company of other creatures so the nomad thing the centaur tribes is still very prominent here um Going down more, they are hunter-gatherers, and really build shelter, shelters or even use tents. They're kind of always on the move. Um, you can find them in lands from mild climates to hot climates. And that they're just kind of always traveling. Um, we don't really get, like, too much of a variation here in the Monster Manual. Like, telling us too, like, a crazy amount about the centaur. That's like, oh, they, that makes them, like, really... I don't want, like, they are interesting creatures, but it's not like the centaurs of D&D, like, come from the Feywild or anything. It doesn't really say that much. It just kind of really talks about how they are nomadic and don't really like settling in cities. Um, 
and they are kind of mysterious for that. Is there anything that pops out in their flavor text, guys, that you want to comment on? I like how they just easily kind of make it a playable thing within the text. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A centaur that can't keep pace is just left behind. Some such creatures vanish into the wilderness and are never seen again. And they might just take up residence with other races. It's like, oh, cool. This means yeah. that I could be that. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And um, I... So I don't know if this is accurate, if someone here knows the actual um, time in 5e where we get centaurs. I believe Theros is the first time we get them as a playable uh, Officially, race. yeah, I think it is Theros. Think okay. Right. The only other place I could think where they would be a race would be um, Sword Coast Adventures. But I don't think centaurs. I know minotaurs kind of had a thing going on there, but centaurs didn't. And uh, usually we don't pull from the other source material, other source books when we're talking about this creature, but because centaurs have been playable races, playable, yeah, playable races and characters um, and classes since the beginning, um, it is good to note that you can play a centaur. They are medium. Uh, they have a base walking speed of 40. This is if you're playing as a, a PC. Um, they have the same uh, aging rate as humans, which I thought was interesting. And yeah, there. So it's possible um, if you want to play a centaur, you just gotta have mythics. Would Mythic you, Odysseys of Theros. Would you still have the same aging rate if you were half elf instead of half human? I would probably say no. I'd probably say you would take the aging rate of the elf. I think which so is, too. Yeah. I'd say like a blend. You know, take like the average age of like a horse, and then like find the median between like horse and elf yeah yeah that's fair too um i wonder what the third edition it said for like when you combine like the age i wonder if it even dealt with using the age there um but yeah so like i said in the beginning the centaurs don't really have like this crazy history in dungeons and dragons like they don't get changed a lot like centaurs are the centaurs of fantasy and of greek origin in DD. they're not really trying to be different things other than they're friends with elves and they have more of a fey background other than that what you think of a centaur is pretty much what centaurs are which honest like i've been thinking about this episode a lot this last week about like how would i change stuff and like this creature like would be really hard to make it not be like a regular cent like the regular centaur um myth or origin or like how they are perceived in like other fantasy genres mm -hmm. so it's kind of makes sense why D, D didn't really put their own twist on it yeah i agree all right well let's move forward and go to the monster stat block let's look at the stat block see if it does justice to uh, the hulking creature that is the centaur uh i'll say it i'll come out and say it uh yeah. they can't speak common <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> this, I literally didn't even think about it because I immediately just assumed, like, yeah, they can probably speak common. Why not? Right. Nope. <laughs> oh they speak uh, Elvish and Sylvan. So there's your Elvish roots, uh, being friends with elves, not liking humans, and their more Fae-like connections to the Feywild with Sylvan. Yep. Yeah, they don't. I'm okay with it, but damn, that's funny. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they don't speak common. Um, obviously, there's exceptions, like if you have a Sentai who lives close to town. But, like, it makes sense why they don't. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're a monstrosity, which... Seems a little I, hurtful, but I get it. Well, I mean, we've seen, like, a... <laughs> this is the first time where the monstrosity wasn't created by a mad wizard, though. <laughs> like, every yeah. other monstrosity we've covered has been created by a mad wizard. Although, it's like... I mean, you can't. It's not really a beast either. Yeah. So I, it's like it fits right, but you're right. I mean, at least it's got its own thing going on. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a fae. So I, oh, I have yeah. a theory. It could be. This could just be me conspiracy brain. I feel like the centaur isn't a beast or a fae for the sake of summoning spells. Okay. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Because like, if it was a beast, then a druid could shape shift into a centaur. Right. Or if you were a wizard or something like the fae, like when you summon fae, like it's very limited, but like, you can't summon a centaur, and I think that makes sense. So like the monstrosity, like I said, it's the first time they're not this strange creature created by some arcane. Yeah thing and i kind of that's kind of my conspiracy theory is like why they didn't make it a fae is like right. because of summoning spells like i said yeah, that makes sense yeah, i think it's a bit hurtful but it makes sense if i was a centaur character and uh someone told me that i was a monstrosity i, I probably wouldn't take too kindly to that but me outside right. of the game I, I i get it it makes sense I'd, i'll say it i'd cry yeah I'd cry. i mean yeah. i would cry too if someone called me a monster i'd probably blame that person <laughs> <laughs> yes who's the monster now <laughs> uh, all right yeah god their weapons are so cool i the artwork is we, we already said it but the artwork's so good it is truly beautiful um all right let's talk about um it's alignment is neutral good as always alignment do whatever the fuck you want with it um armor class 12 i'm guessing that is natural armor yep um the, the big one though coming up here the big the big number yeah, and also before we go on, it's CR two, just um it puts it at the same level as the Kyrian crawler of last week. Um, what else will CR two? Me, you, as Anderson, um, and Azir. Educate Stand yourself. I'm literally yes. shaking. <laughs> um, we have an Ankeg, so it's the same level as an Ankeg, an Azir, and a. Carrying crawlers, so that's kind of where you want to put these guys. Um, but yeah, what's what's that big number, Anderson? Oh, it's Santander Anderson. Heckin' speed, fifty feet. Fifty oh, yeah. feet of movement, yeah. which is absolutely bonkers. And like, not like fifty feet alone is a lot. They can outrun anyone in your party at level three to four, right? Like, no one at that yeah. level is going to actively be able to keep up with that centaur, right? You yeah. have to dash to keep up with the centaur. Ha ha! Well, if they dash, they're now fucking running at a hundred feet a turn. Yeah, the thing too is like most classes and races, when they dash, they have sixty feet. A centaur is only ten feet less than that, not dashing. Yep. <laughs> I'd like to imagine a human at full sprint, um, running next to uh, a centaur that's just at a light, a light, you know, gallop, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just keeping up, keeping pace. I mean, but, pretty much a centaur on a difficult terrain at half speed is almost the same speed as a normal human. Yeah. And, like, it's not only is that 
they have 50 feet of movement and can outpace anyone in your group. They also have, well, in a very obvious manner, they have the charge ability. Yep. Which, uh, if they move 30 feet before they make an attack, uh, in a straight line, they do they deal an extra 3d10 piercing damage. Okay. So a 3d6. I'm sorry, 3d6. I was looking at the number. Yeah, the ten. Uh, the ten is the yeah, average. extra ten damage, but three dice. My fault. Three d six damage. Three d ten would fucking kill anybody. That'd be crazy. <laughs> uh, but um, what I'm getting at with this is the same concept as with the uh, Aarakocras. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can run at you thirty feet, hit you back up twenty, and then on their next turn, rinse and repeat, and do this like do it again, back yeah. and forth motion, or like full sprint. They can run by, strike, and keep going twenty feet. Mm-hmm. And then they're already twenty feet away from you, and then they can just you know continue and turn around, and then I, just I use want, that extra damage so frequently. I want to add on to that. Um, their pike attack has a reach of ten feet. They can do this without, if they're smart, which they do have a nine and and uh, so a minus one. So it's not like they're dumb. They actually have a plus one in wisdom. Um, they could run by, hit someone, and not even take an opportunity attack, which I feel like how that's how centaurs would fight. They would just be ca- keep running yep. and keep moving. They're, you're not going to get a centaur who's just standing in one spot unless they're yep. shooting someone with their longbow, which they can do twice from very far long, far away. So, yeah, your pike attack is going to be... So, okay, so let's talk about their actual attacks because it's more than just, like, the pike attack. So they have multi-attack. If they attack with their longbow, um, they can attack twice. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of range, having them have a longbow. Um, so they can be, like, shooting at... How I'm picturing it, the herd is attacking. They're shooting their longbows as they're approaching, and then they just drop the longbows or switch to their pikes. Mm-hmm. Do that. Um, but they also have two melee attacks, so... When they run in a hit, they do a pike attack and a hooves attack. If they do the hooves attack, they do have to get close enough to get do opportunity attacks. But if you do run the 30 feet, you hit him with a pike, hit him with a hooves, that is uh, 1d10 plus 4, 2d6 plus 4, and then an additional 3d6 damage. One turn. Gets that's bronked biatch. Yeah, that's a lot of damage. That's probably going to knock whoever they just hit down mm-hmm. for a CR2. Mm-hmm. I will yeah, say on the party awesome. side, though, centaurs, as we can see, I don't really want to fight. <laughs> so, yeah. you, I mean, if your party pisses them off, it might be it kind of makes sense. There's kind of like that safety net, like centaurs, unless it's in your setting, aren't usually just like running around mowing down <laughs> travelers. <laughs> Not that attitude. <laughs> that is true. Just, oh my god, a group of bandits that are just centaurs. That's terrifying. Yeah. Imagine like a the like the small villages in like Lord of the Rings with the hay top <coughs> Sorry. Like a centaur could just like yeah. run through that. Right. Yeah. They could just Yeah, they're terrifying. Um is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh they do have forty five hit points, so it's not like crazy. Um not super beef, but beef enough. Yeah, exactly. Beef enough to survive a couple rounds. Because that's CR2, I don't think anyone in the party is going to be yeah. one-shotting them. Yeah, I think that's that's really... There's not much that stands out in the stat block other than what we just spoke of, so... Yeah, it's IMO. a pretty... It's, it's pre- no, I, I agree. It's pretty. It's a pretty simple stat block. Um, there's nothing, like, crazy about it. There's no, like, magic they have or ex- extra reaction that no other monsters have. Uh, they're 
they they charge, they hit, they attack. But I mean, what else do you need with a centaur? I think it. I think this is the stat block you use for a centaur. I don't know how else I would change it personally. Yeah, no, I don't think it's lackluster by any means. I, I think it's absolutely like. I it, think it fits. Cut and dry, and it works for yep. what the centaur is. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the last part of our episode. For anyone new here, the last part of our episode, we talk about how we would use these creatures in our own game. Uh, we go and do we by doing that we follow the three pillars of D anD D, which is social exploration and combat, and then we wrap it all up by talking about how we would put our own twist on these monsters to kind of fit them more in our stories and more in our worlds. So let's talk about using them socially. What do you guys think? How, how is your party running into these creatures? How are they interacting with these in the world, them in the world? So for my setting with the, the Greek setting, um, uh, for those interested, this, the, the module is called Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. Um, it is on mophidiusgames.net, I believe is the website. It is such a good module. It's so dense and full of content. Highly recommend it if you like the Greek setting. It's super uh, malleable to your, your liking, but uh, really, really great asset. Um, but uh, the way that centaurs are ran in, in my game, as I mentioned earlier in, in the in the session, is um, they're very like um, it's like almost like Mad Maxian kind of right. Like they run around, they just pillage. Yeah. They don't they don't settle. Um, and they're just consistently on the move on these giant heartlands. And it's like, well, they, they almost hunt for sport. Um, and there's factions of uh, different kind of centaurs uh, roaming the lands. But there's a, a really fun interaction where uh, a centaur is, an adult centaur is too big to get to where one of the kidnapped child centaurs are. And the, the centaurs have to kind of like, suck it up and come to your party and ask for help and the the confliction between this very aggressive take what you can you know prey on the weak kind of mindset and they have to turn to what they view as as weak um in a clash of character and it's it's a really great interaction that you can run with your party and really helps like character build and world build and really like emphasize that everything is kind of human even though they're not human it's really, really, uh, really fun. Um, Interesting, yeah. Really fun combo. I hope that made sense. I feel like I rambled a little no, bit. No, no, it, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely made sense. Um, kind of on a side note, I didn't know that uh, Medifius, however you say that, made uh, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. That's awesome. They published like a couple of my favorite uh, tabletop role playing games. Well, I don't know. I don't think they like are the publishers they're the ones who are selling it like like it's it's that their their brand is definitely on the book but i know that the people that wrote the module are like a bunch of old video game producers like some of the writers from like mass effect one and two Baldur's gate like a lot of really big name people wrote the module so right yeah yeah that's kind of what um that they do they they find people who have an ideas and they just kind of help oh i see i see okay they're cool they're cool they're cool they made a vason um mork borg I could like Octoon Cthulhu, which is supposed to be really good. Mm. Um, the Dishonored one, like they're they're like if that's a side note, but they they're good at what they do. They find good games. Sweet. Um, yeah, Shane, what you got? Um, I really just have been stuck on this idea of centaurs and elves like living in harmony, um, and sort of working together to to, to defend their lands. And I love the idea of these centaurs being in like huge militant groups with like 
archers in the back and warriors in the front, like, ready for war all the time, but they would just maintain their nomadic side, maybe, like, wandering oh, the borders or something, and if uh, the party you encountered meant, them, it's like... You meant to they, say on, right? Huh? You meant to say on, not in? What do you mean? Archers on the back, warriors in the front? What, well, yeah, that too, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you have like a line of archers in the back just like lobbing arrows over and then you've got warriors charging in and then on those warriors you have uh, archer centaurs <laughs> yeah <laughs> riding riding uh, it only took us 36 minutes to talk about centaurs riding centaurs i'm proud uh, of us <laughs> yeah but uh to to keep it you know a little more on the real side perhaps elven archers are using them as mounts because they do live in such harmony to where like it's not like an unhonorable thing i guess to be used as a mount. yeah i don't know maybe they don't think it's like great but who knows i just love the idea of like these two companies working in harmony in like a militarized mm-hmm. way and like the party basically it's like it's gonna go one of two ways either you mean peace or you mean destruction and if you mean destruction well look at what's running at you yeah, absolutely. I um, I like that. I I I I will. I like the idea of like kind of like you said, um, the the friends of the forest, the friends of the elves. Uh, specifically, I really like the idea of the great defenders of the forests. Um, so how I would probably use them in a social encounter is I would probably use them as maybe the Potter party part the Potter the Harry Potter no the party wanders into a forest uh, finds themselves lost. And they run into centaurs. Centaurs kind of being these large, bulking creatures. Um, mm-hmm. And if no one in the party speaks Elvish or Sylvan, the interaction gets a little bit more interesting because there's a language barrier there. But it would be a cool, cool to see the players role play out, possibly wandering into like some um, powerful lands that the centaurs maybe like worship, or maybe the land they're like on is like some place that the centaurs are protected forever and the party has wandered in somehow and now you have that interaction where the party has to be like oh god i we didn't mean to or the party can maybe even be more interested in the centaurs kind of gives them a way in um i I like them as like a very regional creature like you the centaurs are here or maybe there's some there's some monster in the forest and they're actually just a tribe of centaurs keeping it safe Hmm. Um, which would make it really interesting for your party to interact with that whole idea yeah Uh, because you could even have like if you wanted to go like the town wants to expand but and they're calling adventurers because there's monsters in the forest they need to get rid of but like the party goes into the forest and the monsters are centaurs and they're just literally trying to protect their forest from being cut down um so then you have like like the kind of conflict the party can choose a side with um so let's go ahead anyone anything else on social that we want to touch on not for me i don't think so okay let's jump ahead to exploration what kind of landscape might these monsters be found um, do they have a favorite terrain? Uh, what type of fantastical locations could you use to kind of make the centaurs seem a little bit more fantastical than they are, even though they are pretty fantastical? Oh, well, definitely roaming plains for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mind keeps going to the forest. 
I mean, you guys both played in my campaign. I, I wish that in those early levels I would have subbed out like numerous, well, not even like subbed out, just added in boats, boatloads of centaurs in, in, mm-hmm. the, in Marie's Woods. Yeah. Um, Ooh, for yeah. listeners, I had like a super powerful druidic like shaman witch that stayed in these woods and all of the woods were like magical and enclosed in this like fey energy. I think centaurs would have fit perfectly yeah. there. Or like really like like you said, like a like a, a dense forest that like sort of draws in an adventurer or scares off townsfolk. I love them in the Feywild too. Like that's such a yeah. cool thought. That's what I was gonna say. They would they fit in so well with in the Feywild, especially if your party finds themselves in the Feywild and they're trying to look for some type of ally mm-hmm. or some type of like safety because the Feywild can be quite chaotic mm-hmm. and full of things that just kind of really want to mess with them. Centaurs would be a nice, nice safety net mm-hmm. for the party to run into. And then the Feywild, you can really get fantastical with your designs there. Yeah. Um, the ocean. I mean, we have the <laughs> sea centaurs, the sea centaurs. Yeah. I try to like, think about that stuff as we're, playing you know try to like plop them wherever i i love them like in a desert i think that's like a cool idea just yeah i just got mad dr seuss vibes from you when you said that (laughs) oh i don't know in a desert (laughs) (laughs) um Um, but yeah yeah. i like them in a desert i like them maybe not necessarily in a swamp but i guess you could if if you wanted to i'm sure i can think of a way to plop them there but i you know yeah um i think this is one of those creatures where like there's places that you really don't want to put them unless you really want to play them out of like a fish out of water and that's like a city (laughs) like if they are in the city um play with that more like why is a centaur in a city it doesn't really make sense for centaurs to be living in a city well, I mean, yeah, like, canonically, it doesn't, like, super make sense, but you also gotta think that, like, centaurs have the intelligence of a human, right? right. Or, like, an average Joe, right? And right. us average Joes live everywhere. Like, why couldn't a centaur? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, it wouldn't, like, entirely make sense with their background and their fey ancestry and all that stuff. And their but shit. That, uh, yeah, but that That's doesn't mean that they more... can't, like, they can't make it work, you know what I mean? Like, you can well, justify a, a, a centaur being anywhere. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying I, I feel like even then it would still be like an exception. Like, I don't think because if I like more about the shape, like mm. think about like a horse trying to make its way through the streets of a city. Yeah. Like if there was Easy. a in a tavern, you ever, like, see, you ever see a police owner? on on a horse? They do. It all uh, yes, the time. but they're not going into taverns. You don't know that. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> hey, just because you haven't seen one doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Like, I'm, I'm not like... saying they can't be in there. I'm just saying it's an exception. If there was like a centaur shop owner. I feel like he must have had an in with like the local Jarl who had to like specially construct doorways and like a new bed. Yeah. <laughs> no, like it'd be it'd be tough to be a centaur in the city, but it'd make a great sitcom. I mean, it would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a centaur and a satyr. <laughs> But yes, um, anything else about uh, exploration, uh, landscapes, or any of that stuff? Not, not from these old bones. Okay, I think we kind of talked about combat already. I think um, they're going to move a lot. They're going to want to use their charge action. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to be fighting in groups. Yes, centaurs mm-hmm. Smart. move as Band- herds and tribes. Banded warriors, pack tactics, yep, all, all, all nine yards. 
I know yeah. that like really, really large scale battles are kind of challenging in D and D to run, but I just in my mind, I just I, I love that like what what is that video game? Is it Total War or something where it's just like yeah thousands of people versus thousands of people or whatever. I would lo- love to just see, you know, a centaur army. Yeah, I mean that could be more of a set piece, like the wars raging around your party as you're going through that and fighting smaller battles if you wanted to do something like that. Yeah, I guess my mind's just going towards like huge scale combat with these things. Yeah. Um obviously it'd be insanely difficult to run, but my imagination is going wild. Oh, absolutely. You could definitely there's definitely rule sets. Like D&D isn't really designed for that, but like people definitely have made rules mm-hmm. for it. Um, cool, yeah, so I think combat, pretty easy. Um, I think something to say about that, though, is like kind of what I said, if you are using them more can- canonically and using the actual um, lore of them, they're going to be not willing to fight as much. They're going to be more, unless, uh, they're going to be more passive, unless you are really threatening their group, their tribe, their herd, or like the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you can always play it however you want. So if you want your centaurs to be a little bit evil, maybe bandits or something, you can definitely do that too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's round this all up. Um, how would we put our own twist on these creatures and use them in our own games? Who wants to start us off? I feel like I've already spoken on that personally. <laughs> I th- okay. I don't want to sound like a broken record for Anderson, but I I also kind of feel like I, I said everything I wanted to say, and, and you kind of said something that stood out to me in the beginning about not changing too much about, yeah. about the centaur, and it's like obviously there are tweaks and creative things that you can do with them. Like I, like I said, I like to plop things in different environments and like make them make their aesthetics more towards that environment or whatever. But I don't think there's too much that I would really mix up other than the things sure. I've said, just making them more militarized and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I got two. Um, I have a, yeah, one for each of my campaigns. So one. To make uh, one. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I got, um, for those who don't know, I'm running two campaigns right now. One is a Descent into Avernus and the other one is an Eberron 1999. It's Eberron a thousand years in the future. Um, but starting with the Avernus one, I, I really like the idea because Avernus itself is kind of like a land of rolling hills. They're really fucked up hills. There's lava and <laughs> demon ichor everywhere. But I really like the idea of fiendish centaurs. Maybe their horse is like of a, um, a nightmare, uh, like those like dark horses that um, Death Knights ride. And like their top half is fiends, um, devils or demons. I think it would be really interesting if you were running a descent into Avernus camping, maybe spoilers ahead for you guys, because you're both playing in it. Um, as you guys are riding along in your infernal war machine, a tribe of roaming fiendish centaurs that somehow maybe were brought in from the Feywild who have now turned fiendish. And now because they've been in the nine hells for so long, have an evil streak and are just like hunting the lands of Avernus. Um, I think you could really make make these creatures really devilish, really evil, um, give them fiendish qualities. Uh, because, like what we said, like these things are terrifying. They're scary. And if you really want to just amplify the terrifyingness of them, throw them in Avernus. Please don't kill me with a demon horse. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm calling our group. 
<laughs> no promises. Um, and then the second half, the second answer is kind of two answers. Um, Eberron 1999, 1990, 1999, 1999, 1999. <laughs> um, is a cyberpunk setting, a D&D cyberpunk setting um, that I've been working on, expanding off of Keith Baker's Eberron. Um, currently... I'm running two parties in that. So one party is over in Greenheart, um, which is the Eldian Reaches, which centaurs could be there traditionally. <laughs> they could just be hanging out in the forest. If there's any place in Eberron, the Eldian Reaches is very fantastical, kind of touched by the Feywild. Uh, so centaurs could pop up there. Yeah, so I would use them if I was going to use them with that party. Um, it would probably be more of a mega city nature versus modern modern technology kind of maybe like centaurs trying to live in the forest still but the mega city is expanding or the pollution destroying the lands the centaurs and the druids kind of having to fight against that um kind of bring tradition against the cyberpunk setting um but the other party is over in droam which is the nation <laughs> of monsters in Ebron. um alignment is not really a thing in Ebron, so monsters can be good it's probably my favorite part of the setting. Um, that also has a lot of fields and a it's a it's a nation fighting against technology at a whole, even in regular Eberron. So you can again throw centaurs in there, but um, I would really like to see. I, I don't want to say like terrorists, but I'm thinking like Final Fantasy Seven, like eco eco terrorists. Um, I think centaurs would make a really interesting group trying to sabotage the lightning rails from going in and out of the cities of Droam. Um, kind of playing off that whole thing. I think that'd be cool. Uh, kind of going more with a Mad Max style centaur, mm-hmm. um, fighting to keep their lands protected. And then because it's a cyberpunk setting, I, I don't see why someone wouldn't create a, a cybernetic centaur Maybe yeah. someone has seen centaurs of the past and someone designs them a centaur bottom half. Boom, surgery. You are now not born like a centaur, but you now have mechanical cent- a cent- mechanical horse attached to you. I was going to say, would you give centaurs augmentations in this setting? <laughs> Absolutely, I would. I mean, it would, think of, I, it would be sweet. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I could just think of like a robotic centaur, like a cyborg centaur would be terrifying <laughs> like uh, if it has like, 50 movement speed now it has like 80 it's just like <laughs> think about like that cyborg. like that hecarim skin yes like yes like the hecarim skin from league of legends oh, um i don't even think i've seen that i was just thinking about cyborg from justice league but with uh, horse <laughs> you mean team right. titans well i mean or, i think you guys both mean doom patrol <laughs> hashtag release the snyder cut Oh my god, get out of here. Um, <laughs> I also uh, centaur cops and draw them. <laughs> Mechanical Co- centaur cops. Cop tars. Cop tars. Cop tars. I, I, like, because Drome is already a, a nation of monsters. Like, make the centaurs mechanical. Um, give them, like, augments. Um, put a little light on their head, a little light hat. <laughs> give them a built in radio. <laughs> we just have a centaur chase you down. <laughs> in Ebron, they have cops, but it's just called centaurs. And it's just drones following centaurs around. Oh my god, okay. That's my, those are my ideas of how I'd use them. Um, Solid ideas. That, that is it. That is the centaur episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned some stuff. Um, and I, I, 
I, we don't rate monsters, but like, I think this is a good monster. That's that's my take on it, I guess. It's a good monster. I like centaurs a lot. They've always kind of been something that interests me throughout, like, learning about mythology and stuff. I, I mean, I mentioned uh, God of War earlier, but like, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just something that has popped up in my life throughout my life regularly. And it's fun to see it in D&D as something that can be used so widely. And it's, it, I think stat block is, does, does it justice. It's, it's cool. It's a cool creature. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that is it. That is the episode. Everyone uh, next week, we are talking about another large monstrosity. We're talking about the chimera. Um, the, the dragon lion ram creature another i'm pretty sure they're we'll find out next episode i said next week but it's actually in two weeks um i said what the hell? They, they might have greek origin i don't know we'll find out next episode when i actually do my research for it before but i think they come the greek origin i don't know maybe roman hmm. um but anyway let's do some plugs let's get out of here someone wants to start us out uh you can catch me on twitch i play video games and have another podcast with uh zach it's it's great we're great come have fun twitch.tv slash bring the shame yeah anderson got anything to plug nope i'm just All right. uh just a guy who likes D. hell yeah <laughs> Um, and yeah, for my plugs, uh, Shane and I do have a new podcast. Uh, we have one episode out now. The second one's coming out soon. It is called <laughs> We'll Do It Live, a <laughs> <laughs> podcast in which uh, Shane and I talk about uh, the movie news of the day, but that's like kind of just like a part, like the smallest part of it. Um, the real part of it is uh, through the use of Twitch and the millions of people who watch our <laughs> Twitch streams and their chat inter- interaction. We uh, talk about movie of the week, and then uh, you guys decide uh, how Shane and I are going to make a remake of that movie. You guys pick the genre, if it's a remake, prequel, or sequel, and then Shane and I have to use both brain cells that we have to try to create a new movie from that it's a fun time uh you can find the episodes on farm goat plays my youtube channel um you can also find me at twitch.tv slash farm goat i play video games also and do the podcast there um my farm goat says youtube channel my second youtube channel um i will be having a video on thousand year old vampire coming out next week so that should be the first week of March. So if you want to hear my thoughts on a uh, thousand year old vampire and solo tabletop role playing games, go check that out. And yeah, that's about it. Everyone, you can find survival check on anywhere you listen to podcasts, except Apple music. Fuck Pretty much Apple. just given up at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. So until next week, until two weeks, um, when we talk about the chimera, I hope you all have an excellent time. Uh, remember to be excellent to each other. And that's it, everyone. Goodbye. Go go ride a horse or something. I don't know. <laughs> Save a cowboy. Ride a centaur. All right, that's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>